Today's episode is brought to you by Cameo. If your organization is looking to adopt Chromebooks, but you need to give your people seamless access to all their apps, including Windows apps, Cameo is the simplest and most secure and most cost-effective way to deliver all the apps your people need to be productive on Chrome OS. Cameo is a Chrome Enterprise recommended virtualization solution and is deeply integrated with Chrome OS and the Google Admin Console, making it easy for you to push any app as a PWA to your Chromebooks. And now you can take advantage of a special Chrome OS and Cameo bundle that makes it easier than ever to test. If you're interested, you can head over to cameo.com forward slash unbox. That's C-A-M-E-Y-O dot com slash unbox or click the link down in the show notes. This episode is brought to you by the official coffee of the Chromecast podcast, Fresh Roasted Coffee, who we've partnered with to make a special edition Chrome Unboxed anniversary blend. Here at Chrome Unboxed, we're not just nerdy about Chromebooks, we're also coffee snobs. And look, we wasted a lot of time hand roasting coffee before we found Fresh Roasted Coffee, and we haven't looked back since. This coffee is roasted fresh to order, immediately packaged, nitrogen flushed and shipped directly to your door. And although we can't officially say that this Chrome Unbox Edition tastes any better than the normal anniversary blend, that is the word around town. But don't just take our word for it. Pick up a bag for yourself and let us know what you think. You can grab a bag over at chromeunbox.com forward slash coffee. Welcome to the Chromecast. The official podcast from Chrome Unbox, where we unpack everything from hardware to software in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, so that you can be more informed on all the latest updates, changes, and devices. This podcast is brought to you by NordVPN. We recommend the service and we use NordVPN because they keep your browsing secure and private on any device. Whether you're using a Chromebook, an Android device, a Mac, an iPhone, or a Windows device, NordVPN is going to protect your browsing. They also have 24-7 customer support in case you ever have any issues, and they offer a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to learn more and maybe give it a try, head over to chromeunbox.com forward slash Nord, N-O-R-D. This episode of the Chromecast is also brought to you by our very awesome Patreon community, if you'd like to learn about how you can get exclusive extras, an ad-free website experience, access to our private Discord server, and much more, just head over to patreon.com forward slash Chrome Unboxed. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Chromecast. My name is Joe Humphrey, and I am joined today by Gabriel Bringers. Good morning. He wasn't <laughs> sure which way to go there. I know. I think he's trying, he was trying to trick me. Robbie Payne, yeah. It hey, was, what's up, guys? It was the suspense. I was building the suspense. I just thought maybe he forgot doing. who we were. <laughs> I don't even know these guys that I podcast with. I'm here with a couple other guys that were in the office when I got here this morning. <laughs> I got to say, I'm, I'm looking at Twitter real quick, you know, just scrolling through Is here. Is it working and, uh, again? It yeah, Twitter is not, not dead. Uh, and I like the little image I made for the trash can. It, oh yeah, yeah it's it, good. Was, it popped up again. I was like, oh, because yeah, I was legit. Fun I was gonna make a new one, and then I was like, well, I'm trying to get this article out pretty quick, and then I saw yours from your your the original article. I was like, yeah. that looks really good. I mean, I'm take I'm taking, taking this. this. Yeah. I made this. You made this. So no, the trash no, can. I has, made this. It, I didn't. I didn't read your article this morning. Trash can show. Is it I there? Did, I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those days, guys. I I've uh, watched. 
Uh, no, I'll get back to that. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, it's it's in Canary. It's behind a flag, and it's in the hidden files. But there is a trash can in the My Files folder. If you delete a file, it is no longer permanently gone. I demand a trash can icon. Yeah, on your desktop? No, I want it in the in the folder. Okay. When I, in my volumes there. I One want step at a time. Yeah, Robbie. right now it's a folder under my files, so it's just treated like a folder. There's verbiage around a restore option, so it'll be more like an actual recycling bin where you right. restore it, and it will go back to wherever its original home From was. From whence it yeah, came. Because there's going to be a trash can in the user shared folder, the Linux user shared folder. I found that this morning. Uh, and then they're 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 figuring out how to treat this thing because technically it's just a folder, but eventually it will be an actual trash can. So an icon. Yeah, I, I, in no, I just, app I just want the little. Let me. Let me they should sure really I'm, I'm rub some right. rub some salt in it and make it the only desktop icon for Chrome OS. Oh my gosh! Like you can't <laughs> add desktop icons. It's the only one, the, and you can't remove the trash can. No. Isn't there, there? Wasn't trash it like that man. on like one of the old Windows? There was like Windows ninety five. The recycling what, bin. Is yeah, that what they called it? Was what brought the recycling bin, mm-hmm. and, and you couldn't get rid of it. Like it was there. Yeah. Like you had to learn how to love. Right. It needs a new name though. You have trash. You have. They should call it the the refuse bin. Refuse. Garbage pile. Compost. <laughs> it, should, it should just say dumpster. <laughs> yes. Chrome dumpster. dumpster. That's, dumpster. that's one of my favorite words. You know? So dumpster fire. Chrome dumpster. If you look at your files app, all the files have a little file icon next to them. Yeah. Google Drive has a Google Drive icon. Play has the play. Yeah. It should be a trash can. Linux has the chicken. Yeah. You know. The tuxedo chicken. Tuxedo wielding chicken. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I, it's not that much to ask for a trash can icon. No, there's already a trash can icon there. If you highlight yeah, over a file, there. just over. use that. Yeah, yeah. That, that icon. I just want it over yeah. there. That's it. But to the, put two little lines on it so it looks more like nope. Oscar's trash can. Let's change it. We're going to call it dumpster. I want some <laughs> sort of iconography of a dumpster. for a dumpster. Go. Okay. What does a dumpster someone, icon look like? Someone out there, please does, make this Does for us. monster icons. If yeah. you're not familiar with monster icons. Uh, or no, I'm sorry. Icon monster. Take your pick. Yeah, okay, so like, it's got to be bunch. simple. It's yeah. got to be simple. But it's also got to look Man. good. Google does a good job with, with icon. We need a material design 2.0 dumpster. Yep. Somebody design it. Tweet it at us. Yeah. Icon, but icon monster. Leave out the E at the end. Um, they don't have a ton. It looks like they're up to 4,500 icons. Uh, but you can get the PNG, the JPEG, SVG yeah. of them, and they're great. There's they're, another one I use quite let's a bit. Let's see. Um, Dumpster. There's icon something. Icon. Nope. Five. Flat icons is pretty dope. Flat yeah, icons. Flat that's icons. the one I was thinking it's of. It's huge. But there's you get into some stuff with this. Like Icon Monster doesn't really care that much about licensing and all that yeah, stuff. They just like take it. And it's really simple. Like they just have clean designs. No dumpsters. Though. Yeah. So the dumpster is a good uh, starting point because there was some. A lot of just random, not random news, but there was just a lot of a lot of news this week, like just new features, new stuff, and yeah. it was just kind of a lot. And so, like rather than trying to jump around for all of that stuff, <laughs> talk about you're more dumpsters. You saying this week was a dumpster? <laughs> this <laughs> was not a dumpster; it's a trash can. But the waves in front of it make it look Gabe's, like it's, it's odiferous. This stink, odifer- <laughs> stink is coming off. Smelly of it. trash can. If if Gabe doesn't say anything for the rest of the podcast, it's just because he's trying to find the perfect, the perfect dumpster. icon you for got, a dumpster. You guys showed me the rabbit hole. I yeah. just yeah. he just hopped in. Went down. Yeah, it's Friday. Right, I'm done. I'm done. It's yeah. Friday. Yeah. It's yeah. Friday. We can't help it. So, uh, 
Yeah, so rather than trying to like jump around to all kinds of different stuff, we're just going to try to hit on a couple of the big things. And, and Robbie wrote a small novella this morning. Well, I wrote it yesterday. Oh, but you then published the, it the this search morning. on thing happened last night. And right, and there's we'll, some cool we're stuff talk about with that something too, yeah. in there that made me so happy that luckily I was done. I just finished the last paragraph of that post that I put out this morning. Uh, so your so brain I was free. Shelved, shelf that bad boy, right. uh, so I could talk about what really got me excited yesterday. But we'll we'll get to that eventually. Hey, uh, shout out to Michael Perigo, our staff Michael? writer. It's 82 degrees where he is right now. Wow. It there may or may not have been ice on my window this morning. Yeah, it's I don't know. Forty five here. It's gonna be 32 tonight. Speak yeah, right. I had on a long sleeve and a jacket this yeah. morning. So all and those still those cold. terrible humid summer days, Michael. They're paying off for you right yeah, now. That's right. I have my blanket. Yeah. Gabe's over here in a blanket. Gabe, if you, if you, like you hear snoring. <laughs> Gabe, Gabe looks like an old. From now. Gabe looks like an old grandma over here. He's knitting. You also, go get, go get him his glasses. Fell <laughs> asleep with your son again. His, his glasses sitting down on his nose. Yeah, oh, I mean, just Gabe. Gabe, wake oh, up. Gabe, Gabe, we're podcasting. Wake, wake up, dude. <laughs> you got to wake back up. You can't sleep right now. Where am I? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. There goes Gabe. He's in the floor. There, not there really. Goes, He's not there really goes in the floor. Gabe. Okay. Oh, so, one other thing. I just oh. I just thought of something. Oh, yeah, one yeah, other yeah, quick yeah, yeah. thing. One other quick thing. Yeah, we're not going to jump around, and we're this isn't going to be a dumpster. Yeah, we're gonna, what, what happened with all that talk? We're going to stay super duper focused. I was just looking over, and I saw I was spinning in my chair, and I saw uh, our mugs, our Canary Crew mugs that we ordered. Yes. And I just have to say how happy we are with how these mugs turned out. Yes. We've had bad experiences ordering mugs online before. And Joe shirts. was so ordering, excited ordering, that he threw the first one in the floor. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe I'll fi- I'll post I posted that to our patrons. Maybe I'll post it on our Instagram now. I got yeah, the you I, should you I got should the mug that. out. I got the mug out, and I was super excited about it. And I uh, proceeded to, uh, well, I was trying to film like a little video where I was turning it around so you could see both sides because one side has the Chrome Box stacked logo, and then the other side has the Canary Crew uh, logo. And so I was trying to flip it around so you could see both sides in the video, and I dropped it and broke off the handle. Clean so break. they don't they don't break, it was actually, just a, no, it was somebody a somebody in the in the discord said it was a drop test and uh yeah that's what it was i was yeah. just yeah. testing not it middle spec coffee mugs yes i was just, I testing, was just it. testing it for all of you to know that right. are, are going to be getting one i mean they're uh, classic ceramic mugs like these things aren't going to yeah, handle so, a, a drop no no but they handle coffee just well i've they been do. drinking coffee you out guys, of mine for the last yeah. two days yeah i haven't i haven't gotten one yet i need to grab I think one i went back to my mug from google yeah the one we got i really like it i really like it i I keep dripping for some reason. It's just it has such a thick like rim, maybe that I'm I'm doing something. Yeah, you I'm, cannot I noticed sip on my de- out of the you lid of pour this cup. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. And, and pour so, slowly. So like, you just like so at my desk, I use it like a lot I'll of times the top. for the top off. Yeah, yeah. it's See, actually it you just take, like defeats the purpose for it's me. Still it's just cool a good mug. mug. Yeah, I like ceramic with no handle. I love that. Yeah, the silicon's nice. Yeah, yeah, it's a great mug, and I like the fact that if I'm drinking coffee in this, and I'm like, oh, I need to go run somewhere. Pop the top on, close it, and, it and walk your, out. And it fits in your fits cup in holder. cup holders. It's awesome. They're great. Boom. But our mugs, our mugs are cool are awesome. too. Our mugs and, are cooler uh, looking. Yeah, we 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 found a, a good a good vendor to get these printed through, and the colors are accurate. The imprint is nice and and clear. Super stoked on that. So anybody that signed up for the Canary Crew uh, through the month of September. Uh, we're going to be shipping these out, and we also have one other little thing that we're going to throw in there that we that we teased. Yeah, I think everyone knows what it is. I think I said yeah. it was. A, I, did I, I say it was a mock up? I don't remember. You, yeah, I think you put the sticker. I think out I there. did. I don't remember. I just. I just said it. There you I, go. Yeah, it's they're <laughs> they're stickers. They're dope. 
I made yeah. a little design. I may or may not have spent way too long making that. I but was it, on vacation. And I kept having to message him back, like, "No, do this, do this, no, do this. Yeah. this isn't good enough." No, oh my it was, gosh, it was yeah. good. I, I, was, I, I kept adding. This I kept is not a dig that were terrible. This <laughs> was, was like, just, do this, yeah. and it was like, no, this, this is, is not a dig. But Robbie's a web designer. He's in graphic. I am very surprised that because you were vacationing and you had some leisure time that you didn't just grab it and be like, "I'll do this." Yeah, I got this. It was Let's be honest. We had control. I would have, uh, yeah. but we were at a mall. Oh, shopping. Okay. Yeah. So I would have literally had to go back to the hotel and get my Chromebook. So <laughs> yeah. it forced I always, me to, to release the range. Yeah. And, and it's good. And it's good too, because like we always say, yeah, we always say like no authorship. I always lean towards like super minimal stuff. And so, you know, we were playing around with a couple different things, like adding maybe a background or this. And like we landed on just like through the process, right? We landed on this little kind of outer ring that went around it yeah. and i even like rounded the edges on that and stuff and so like really made it kind of pop made the icon in the middle pop and it's funny like the that process is so much easier in person because like we can just set that would have taken us like 20 minutes in person yep. whereas it took all day because we were going back and forth on messaging, messaging. and yep it's funny like i don't know but it was cool because yeah i mean i designed something i thought it was cool and robbie was like oh no do this and rather than being like no i like the way it is it's like we iterated it and we came out with this thing yeah. that's that's really cool in the end uh but so that i that that uh, i was trying to find a canary uh like some sort of icon like png or something and i found one on one of those sites and whenever i was importing it to grab it the mask and everything was not working so i used the pen tool and made that made whole your thing. own yeah oh okay and uh, actually changed the shape of it a little bit. Like, it was a little squatty, and so I extended it all a little okay. bit. And, uh, so that's custom, baby. It is very custom, and I'm really Sweet. I'm happy with it. Like, I think the design turned out really cool. And uh, this, this is the other thing about Gravit. I love Gravit, but, man, sometimes it's so frustrating. Coming from Illustrator, where it's, you know, it is a full-blown... I'm not saying Gravit isn't. Like, Gravit does most things, but... Yeah, Illustrator is... Illustrator is full-blown. You know, you, you, you can do anything and everything. And the, the text-to-path... So text-to-path in Illustrator is perfect. Like, it just works every time. And you can change the orientation. You can move it. And, like, it kept... I would reverse it, and it would, like, all crumble up down in the bottom. And then I was like... So yeah, I basically read... I had to, like... It actually works way closer those. to what you do on Inkscape. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm more familiar with Inkscape than... So it, it, For it's you, never it's bothered probably, me. Yeah. But, like, I basically... I got them kind of where I wanted and then converted to path and actually rearrange them i made another circle in there oh so i could gosh. see where they were hitting because they were all they were not lining up like the because of probably the w yeah hitting and, weird and certain fonts don't it just, was you like put them on a path and they it don't was like look good. all jacked up all jacked up so i had to convert to path and then yeah anywho all that to say we've got some cool stuff going out to our canary crew on patreon and joe good. wants you to like the yeah. sticker yeah <laughs> just like it i worked on it really hard <laughs> Please. No, they do. They look awesome. I'm like, I'm excited to get them. Yeah. And how big are they going to be? Uh, three by three. Oh, so that's a good not, size. Yeah, not huge, but yeah. like. But I was thinking like this. No, yeah, they're. Like a little one and a half inch yeah, or something. So, three, yeah. Three by three. Uh, the outer, you know, they're a vinyl clear sticker. So the out, the very outside rim will be clear. Uh, but then the kind of center of it, all, the main part of the sticker is all that gray. Yeah. So, um, actually, the, the deal that Sticker Mule had, which, by the way, that's who we ordered them from, they're really cool from what we can tell we've gotten some samples from them before that have turned out yeah their stuff's pretty good pretty cool so um the uh yeah they're they're clear and so the outsides will be clear so if you like you put it on something it'll i think it'll look cool um but yeah go check it out uh if i i think uh um 
I think I've posted most of the stuff into the main feed on Patreon. If you're a patron, go check it out. If you're interested in any of this stuff, go check out our Patreon. Chroma Box? No. Patreon.com uh, forward slash Chroma Box. Yeah. Go we check it out. probably should go ahead and create. Does it, does it forward already? I don't know. It should because I probably, say it a lot. Probably not, Robbie. Let's see if we did I that. Think so. Oh, let's talk about one other quick thing. No. Gosh darn it. No. This is... <laughs> This is uh this is pretty typical podcasting. I I forget everything I said at the beginning when I said we weren't going to jump around. Um, we made it. We made another kind of oh, big thing this week. Uh, I'm we, an idiot. Chromebox.com forward slash Patreon is where patrons go to log into the site for the ad free oh, experience you get. Sorry, that was ah, not a shameless plug for Patreon. That was literally just that, me. That is what it saying is saying that so that if you happen to go to that, if you're sitting in front of your computer listening to this and you're like, oh, I want to see where that goes. Log in. Why is this a login screen? It's because that's where our patrons can go and yeah. enjoy ad-free. A, a completely ad-free experience on chromeunboxed.com. I love so, it. You changed it to where our users do that now and I Yeah, so as, as we're logged in. Yeah. yeah. You get super if you want to go listen free. to a podcast that's less chaotic than this one, you can go to freakyfastfriday.com. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Just saying. So, Where uh, you will find all of our other podcasts. Oh, yeah. Do you, does it redirect? Is mm-hmm. that what you did? Yeah, nice. absolutely. Dope. That's perfect. <laughs> For now, until uh, we get the wheel up and running. Right, the wheel the wheel's going to be The wheel on one side and then like the, the podcast the feed, feed on, on the other side. side. Yeah, perfect. We could, just, like, we could just take like the anchor feeds and drop them in yeah. there. Mm-hmm. The, the player. Yeah, be for dope. sure. Yep. Uh, so one of the things uh, that we that we did this week that was that was pretty cool. Um, you all have probably heard us on this podcast talk about Gaming Unboxed and what we did there and how we had spun up this new site and we were super excited about it because of I mean it was something new we were trying something different. The to be perfectly honest, like the main reason we were super excited about that was because it allowed us to work with Michael. Um, yeah, that was a huge factor had, that was had like that not been in cards we, we probably would have wouldn't done have it. done it right no uh, we just wouldn't have had the no bandwidth way. even to think about it right so we spun that site up and michael was writing for it and as you all know and as we mentioned a second ago michael has now uh since joined the the full kind of chrome unbox team and is writing for us full time and so gaming inbox was kind of there it was doing its thing but it didn't really quite make sense anymore and so we've actually rolled all of that content over into chrome unbox all of those posts that we wrote are now on chrome unbox if you go to chromeunbox.com now there's a gaming tab up top yes or chrome unbox forward slash gaming uh and even better than that uh, the, the gaming unboxed social channels are still out there mm-hmm. um we don't exactly know how or when we'll wind those down but we'll wind them down mm-hmm. um slowly um, we might we might just hold on to them for a little bit, but yeah. all of that content that's out there, any links that that are out there, uh, we have redirects in place so that um, if you click on anything that's gaming unbox forward slash you know fill in the blank yeah, whatever, whatever Stadia is coming, you know it goes now to Chrome Unbox forward slash gaming is or Stadia is coming. So all those links still work, all that stuff yeah. still flows. Uh, so the content is no different um, at all. And really what, what it's doing, uh, I think, for us as a group is it's giving us this ability to um, create the niche that we are we're kind of lost trying to figure out with Gaming Inbox. And I know we only did it for three, four months. Uh, but ultimately, when we first set out to do it, like I remember the night before thinking through all this stuff before I came in here to say, hey, guys, what do you think about this? And... In my mind, the entire thing really revolved around playing games on a mobile phone, maybe a tablet, like maybe kind of Chromebooks, but really it was like phones. And that's what I kind of wanted it to be. In fact, like I pitched 
the original was like on the go gamer or something like mm-hmm. that. Like I'd looked and like I, we could have gotten those URLs and, and then, you know, we just like we were talking about that logo or with the, the sticker, you know, we kind of started spitballing stuff. We talked through it and figured, Hey, let's leverage our branding and all that kind of stuff. And so that's, that's the direction we went with gaming unboxed. The problem we ran into is that some of the things that existed when Chrome unbox started don't exist now. Um, and, and we wanted to attempt to attack a niche again, like, it feels like for upstart blogs, uh, tech blogs specifically, if you can if you can find yourself in a niche somewhere, you have a lot better chance of uh, making enough money to make it worth your time to invest in, in doing something that's that's content creation. And so we kind of knew what our niche was going to be, but we didn't have any way to attack that niche. So all of our stuff just went out, and it just was it all always felt lumped into. Yeah. These other there's massive gaming sites out there. I mean, right, and that Kotaku, and that's the thing. IGN, yeah. God, I mean, you just go on Polygon, yeah, one and, after another. And that was another. the thing with Chrome, with Chrome Unbox is that the the audience for Chrome OS related stuff was big enough to sustain what we were doing because when people's eyes were going out on the internet looking for this information, there were very few places to find it. That's if you very go true. on Google and say. You know, if you let's say you're looking up information about Cyberpunk 2077, yeah. you're going to find stuff from every gaming Everybody. site on the internet, every tech site on the The Verge, seeing every site in the world's covering this stuff. So, trying to jump in feet first without a narrow scope of what kind kind of gaming you were going to cover. And an it's ability, just white noise, honestly. And an ability to somehow define it. I right. think that was the problem. Even if we had it defined, it was so impossible to let everyone else know that it was defined. It was so difficult. And like one of the things that existed when we started Chrome Unbox that was beneficial was, was Google Plus. They had you had communities that were already built there. And I remember at the time when we started, there was like forty thousand people in the Chromebook community, and it grew to like one hundred and fifty thousand before Google Plus died off. And it was this great collection of people who wanted to know about a specific thing. And I guess you could say Facebook groups is starting to become that a little bit. But Facebook is so weird with the way, like, Google Plus was just very straightforward. You could, we could post stuff in there, and it wasn't trying to overdo a bunch of stuff. And it wasn't trying to sell ads. It wasn't doing any of that stuff. And so it was just this great place. And I, I always see maybe Reddit is, is another place Probably, where yeah. that is starting to become a thing, but there's no Reddit for, I think, I don't know if there's a Reddit, a big community of Redditors that is just mobile gaming. And so we just had a difficulty defining all of that stuff. And it, it, you know, to be, to be blunt, the, the site just didn't take off. Mm-hmm. And, and granted we gave it three, four months, but it was like, okay, if we're in this mode where we're ready to bring Michael on, if he's not writing for gaming and boxed, honestly, no one is. And, you know, that content, it needs focus. Like, it needs some sort of, like, we need to cut some stuff off and say, this is the only thing we're going to talk about. Yeah. How do we get that in front of people's <laughs> eyes? Gaming oh. on a Chromebook. <laughs> yeah. I mean, ultimately, if, if you talk to Michael and ask him about what he's most passionate about, it's Chromebook gaming. Like, yeah. he wants to see gaming grow on a Chromebook. Like, that's... We, you know, we talk, we were like, hey, if, if, if we're talking about gaming on the go, well, that's Switch and that's, uh, you know, all these other things. He didn't want to talk about any of that stuff. We had one post on Gaming Unboxed right. about Switch. It was mainly Stadia, uh, GeForce Now, and Android games. And so, you know, Android games have a long way to go on Chromebooks still, obviously. Yeah. Um, and part of what we need to talk about plays into that. But at the end of the day, 
gaming on Chromebooks is probably going to be pretty awesome yeah. in about six months from now. Yeah. Um, it really is. And and maybe that's what we talk about with this whole arm thing. Yeah, no, yeah, that's, about, like, that's a great transition. Kind of in, in, in this realm of of how gaming is set to be really awesome on Chromebooks and on the new Chromecast, like on both of these platforms because of some things that are moving and happening. and Cloud gaming, man. Um, and, and so, you know, when we looked at all that, we just figured it's, it's time to make this transition. So it wasn't, it well, wasn't like a forceful thing. It no. wasn't like, Oh, we're, we didn't give it enough time or quitting it. Like this just allows us to focus it, bring it in house and, and, and keep talking about the things that we're passionate about talking about. Cause that's been the way that we've been successful this, this whole time yeah. is, you know, I mean, we, um, we, we, we obviously follow the news and keep up with the news, but we also write content that we're passionate about. And I think that's why as a, kind of a tech blog rather than like a news outlet. Like, right. You know, I think people like that. And I mean, as, as the world has transitioned, you know, people get their news from YouTubers and from all sorts of different places, you know, and from blogs and, you know, they get information, they get, they get the people that they, you know, trust and that they value the opinions of, they, they get their news from those people. And so people come to us and, right. and get that news. And so it was, yeah, like we we got to keep writing about the stuff that we're passionate about. Michael's super passionate mm-hmm. about Chromebook gaming, so we're and he he's also a game developer, and that's mm-hmm. his. He uses uh, what is it? Is it Unreal? What is it? I think he's Unreal guy. Yeah, Unreal, and that's his dream is to be able to run it on a Chromebook. Right. And currently, that you can install it on the Linux container, but it it won't run because. That requires some pretty heavy horsepower. Oh, yeah, for sure. The day that uh, we get a discrete GPU or full access to these Tiger Lake uh, GPUs oh, that yeah. are on these chips and Unreal can run on a Chromebook, yeah, it'll be happen. a big deal. Yeah, it'll happen. Yep, yep. But, but yeah, I mean, as far as, and also, like, like you said, kind of this transition here, like part of what is going to make Chromebook gaming even better soon like sooner rather than later is is ARM chips on Chromebooks. Yeah, and and not all gaming. It'll make it'll make the Android like piece of ga- it games better. that were written for ARM chips to begin with. Yeah, because uh, ultimately, you know, and and again, this if you want to read more about this, I go we go pretty in depth on this and uh, the piece on Chromebooks.com. How, how, how many words was it? I don't know, like eighteen hundred or something. Yeah, that's not so, too bad. No, it's not that bad. You've had a couple twenty five hundred, yeah, hundred that's, words. That's the same amount as the review that I wrote yesterday. <laughs> there was a lot to say. That's fine. I'm... Anyway, so yeah, let me. I guess Robbie's like I don't even know. I don't even remember what I wrote. I wrote so much. Let yeah, me let's, pull up the let's, article. Let's start back with the beginning because I, I started the article off like this on purpose because a lot of people, as soon as you start saying this stuff, are going what. Che- start checking what out what is yeah, ARM? They, they don't like, know, what are yeah. you talking about so put really simply arm is just a different architecture than what's in a lot of laptops um but most people are very familiar with arm whether they know it or not so um you have basically in the processor world um you have arm chips and you have x86 chips x86 chips are things like intel and amd arm chips come from all sorts of manufacturers now, there's one company, ARM, that creates the cores, and each year they come out and they go, hey, we have this new core and that new core, and we have this new function and that new function, and these cores can do that, and this one's faster, and this one, da-da-da, whatever. And then companies can take those uh, cores and basically assemble them uh, and, and manufacture and fabricate those things based on what ARM has created, and they can take those cores and build processors out of them. Uh, most notably, Apple does this 
arguably probably the best of anyone. Um, and I say arguably because um, you would think from the benchmarks and the speed of their processors, like they absolutely do the best. But when you break it down, you know, you're apples to oranges when you're comparing what Qualcomm does with Snapdragon chips and what Apple does with their A series chips, because Apple is not only making a processor, they're making a processor that works specifically with that software, specifically with the rest of the hardware they have. They have the full stack, the entire uh, vertical stack there. So when we look at an Apple product and it running on whatever the particular cores are, it's not necessarily fair to compare that to something running on Android or Chrome OS or Windows or whatever on a Snapdragon because it's just not quite the same. Anyway, so with that out of the way, you have these varying different ways of, of building architectures. And so Intel became what they are because x86 architecture um, didn't really care too much about battery and they just went hog wild with power and didn't have to think about like mobile devices. Think back when Intel was making their first chips, like laptops were getting like two hours of battery and nobody cared. I mean, they cared, but they, they were like, well, this is what we have. This is what I got to yeah. do, you know? And, or, you know, it's a, your computer is a desktop. It's plugged in all the time. So you didn't you think about that stuff. You thought about like, you just make sure there's a fan on it. So it keeps it cool. and doesn't overheat or whatever. Um, and so what happened so at some point, you know, the arm, I, like, I don't know the history of all this stuff. I don't know when it happened exactly, but early on in phones, Intel was still trying to make inroads. They had some mobile processors that were in phones. Like those were actually things. I remember there being phones that had Intel uh, chips in them. There have been, it's maybe five or six phones, but not many. Um, and so those, you know, those phones came out. Intel couldn't figure out how to transition fast enough. And ARM, the way that they do stuff, like we can basically say, if you want an x86 chip, you is there anything other than Intel and AMD? There are a couple small Chinese manufacturers. You don't really hear about them, but the, uh, one uh, MSI, MSI is it MSI. Do they make chips? I, they used to processors. They still do not. But yeah, there's actually a there's a group out of China that is actually taking AMD or Intel stuff and has been running with it, and they're trying. They're tiny, but they're trying to get ahead of whatever nanometer intel's finally at so I think intel's just now getting to 10 right? yeah they're on 10 with tiger lake well comet lake's 10 isn't it no Com that's the difference comet lake was an 11th gen or 10th gen but it's still 14 nanometer process so ice lake i think yeah ice lake was, was supposed actually to be was 10 gen, they, 10 nanometer yeah, but it was so jacked up but, but amd is at seven seven right? yeah so but so, yeah, as far as as far as we're concerned as consumers in North America, it's AMD and Intel. Yeah, and mainly Intel when it comes to market share. And and that's part of like we all grew up with Intel's marketing, you know. Doom 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 doom. You know, like you can hear that in the back <laughs> oh, of your yeah. head. Oh, yeah. You could see the Intel logo. They were firmly entrenched like growing up, you like I I honestly thought if you buy a processor, it has to be made by Intel. Like they're the only ones that make them. Like that, and you learn over time that a lot. That was a lot of really good marketing, you know, and uh, persuasion and making connections with Microsoft, and then eventually making connections with Apple for MacBooks. And Intel was just in everything. And if it didn't have an Intel processor, and in you kind of looked at it with a side eye, like because mm, making processors is hard. Like it's not easy work. You have to have a lot of fabrication uh, equipment. You have to have a lot of people who are very smart and intelligent and teams of people. Like it's not simple work. And so it's not easy. I mean, Google doesn't make, they make like the uh, neural core for, and those are ARM based chips as well. So same idea. You, you go to ARM and you get the cores you need and slap them together to do something you want. Um, that's a 
gross understatement of how difficult it is to make <laughs> chips. By that's the way. all you do. Grab some cores, slap them together. Slap them in. We need and to throw have it in. we need Done. to have Pete on here again, and he can. Exactly. I know that's not Pete, that's not his area of expertise, but he's for worked it a lot of the projects he's done. I bet he has a pretty good grasp of how architectures work and how they make these dies. Yeah, I bet he could glaze my eyes over in about Guaranteed. two minutes. The man like, is smart. You uh, lost very me, Pete. Smart. Uh, because I'm more of the grab cores and slap them in kind of guy. Um, I like the general overarching understanding. I don't need the bits and pieces most times. Um, so with that in mind, ARM takes a different approach, and there are tons of people who make ARM chips, tons of them, um, tons that we probably don't know about, to be honest with you. I mean, because fabricating an ARM chip does take a lot less work than x86. I don't know why that is. Um, I'm not really sure. I don't know if x86 is more complex or just diff- more difficult to actually manufacture and fabricate. I'm not I'm not sure. But there are a lot more people that jump in on ARM. Um, and so, notably, again, you have Apple. You have Qualcomm that makes our Snapdragon, all the Snapdragon chips that they make. Uh, you have NVIDIA that makes their Tegra chips. And I think, do they use ARM stuff on their GPUs or is that all x86? I, I don't know yeah, what the processors are on those. I think that has, yeah, I think that's all x86. Uh, but they're, you know, they they build stuff like their Shield TV and such. And it, side note, you know, NVIDIA looks to be buying ARM. So they'll be making plenty of ARM things. Um, uh, so they're notable. Um, did I say Samsung? Mm-hmm. Samsung makes Exynos chips. Um, Kirin chips are made by Huawei. Huawei. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the phone maker also makes their own chips. Uh, MediaTek obviously makes chips. Um, I don't know. There's probably more. There, I know for a fact there are way more. Rock Chip have been in some Chromebooks. Um, what happened to them? I don't know. There, that's that's the thing. There's so many small companies that make ARM chips. Uh, and the thing is, I don't know if... I mean, I'm just Easy now, bro. Beating this mic up easy. over here. <laughs> <laughs> My pop filter's is, all over the place. This is why we okay, have to we figure go. out video. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, so we could see what just happened there. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, you know... I think there's something about, you know, obviously I think using the latest ARM cores probably requires more expertise, more equipment. And that's why you see some of these smaller companies, they'll use the older cores, you know, and it just takes time for tech to catch and up. And, and there's probably more documentation out there about what to do and how to do right. stuff with those. So yeah. they lean on those, right? So they're not on the cutting edge necessarily. The know? crazy thing is that whole explanation was the, the simple explanation. Like this is very technical, very tough to understand stuff when we start talking about processors but in the end x86 very powerful but very power hungry too so it's taken intel years to get the processors we have in chromebooks now they get 10 hours of battery and you're like yeah. man that's pretty awesome and you're still getting really good performance yeah like the core the core m's and stuff that they're yeah. putting in well i mean this this thing's got a core i5 it needs fans right so thermal cooling is not a not a good thing for intel it's never going to be i don't think x86 as an architecture, just, just struggles for it. with yeah. it. Uh, but you know they're they're relatively thin and light. But you got to think you got to deal with fans, you got to deal with thermals, and all that kind of stuff. And Intel chips are expensive. That's not to say that ARM chips aren't expensive. The Snapdragon chips are getting up there in price, and I'm sure if Apple sold their chips, they wouldn't be cheap. They're cheap for Apple because Apple makes them for themselves. Uh, and Samsungs and blah blah blah. Like the high end uh, ARM chips are getting to the point where they're they're not cheap anymore. 
Um, but there's a wide variety of people who make them and there's a wide variety of good ones. So in more competition is always going to drive price yeah. down. So it's, it's not just two guys making it. It's a whole slew of people making it. And whoever gets to the finish line first is, you know, the, it's just better competition and arm chips. Um, again, you're familiar with them. If you have a phone, if you have a tablet, they're in all of these things like you've been using an arm chip for a long time. It's, it is the dominant mobile CPU architecture. And so, What's happening right now, though, is in the time that it's taken Intel to figure out how to just cool its jets enough that they can get decent battery life with relatively thin laptops, you've also had ARM getting way more More powerful. powerful. And so to the point where now we have Apple getting ready to, I think in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. officially, they've already they've had a big event about this at yeah. WWDC, but they're going to officially debut their new MacBook Pros with ARM chips in them. And to be frank with you, I I thought one day this might come another decade from now. Yeah, I'm I with did you. Not when the rumors started happen happening a year ago, I thought, I never thought, no, Apple would never do that. But I thought we're at least five years before they even start getting to a realistic timeline of a release. And now here we are. And it's, it's almost here. And who knows how it'll go. Um, I'd assume Apple's tested it enough to know that it's going to be pretty good. Yeah. They just don't, they're not the type of company that just throws stuff out and hopes. No. I'm not saying they don't screw stuff up. The The butterfly keyboard was a cataclysmic error. Like they screwed the pooch there. But in general, from a software standpoint, especially, they don't just haphazardly throw stuff against the wall and hope that it sticks. They're not Google, you know? And so, you know, I think, I think what's going to happen, it's going to come out. It's going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, Cause the, the uh, iPad pros, can do some stuff that's kind of mind-boggling uh, from a processing standpoint with 4K video. Oh yeah, and, there's some and how there's fast some, they can there's some videos that uh, uh, TLD uh, John, uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Morrison, Morrison uh, did some video rendering benchmarks uh, using whatever. Yeah, I guess you can use uh, uh, iMovie or whatever on the. I don't think you can use Final Cut on the iPad. No, he wasn't. He was using. Oh, that, he was using that, that other, other program. One. Yeah. The the Oh, starts with an L, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, it's, whatever doesn't matter. It's, but it's the super rendering time, on iPad. he was doing 4K rendering, and it was like very impressive. Yeah, and so again, it has to do with hardware, software, processor integration. So Apple has that, and where they don't have it, so third-party software, they've provided what they're saying is a great emulator. That's the part I think might not be as great as they're touting. It probably won't be. Emulation is emulation. I mean, yeah. you're you're basically taking a program and then virtually converting Skinning it to something it, else kind and of, throwing yeah. out... A, it, it's, it's a lot of work on the processor. Um, but for general tasks, it'll work. And Apple has the way of basically bending developers to their will. So developers who want stuff on MacBooks are just going to have to figure out how to get it coded. And they've apparently created some pretty clear ways for... Hey, if you've written your app for this and you want to make it work on ARM, because again, these are two different architectures. It's not like plug and play. We can just swap them out. Like it's different ways of going about computing. Um, and, and they both have their, their pros and cons, but you know, the developers are going to have to move through those tools and get their stuff over to make it work on these Apple chips. And that's, that's just going to take a little bit of time. There's just no way around that. But Apple's own stuff, like Final Cut, I guarantee this will launch. It'll have Final Cut within a few months. And you'll be able to have very fast rendering on a MacBook oh, Pro yeah. running in an ARM chip. And 
the reason this is important isn't because, oh, no, this is going to affect Chromebooks. Not really. It's still people that want to go buy a Mac are going to go buy a Mac. But what's going to happen between this and Microsoft keeps putting out Surface Pro X and, you know, there's more. It's only like five or six, but there's more ARM-powered Windows devices out there now than there were. Uh, Snapdragon, uh, Qualcomm has made the uh, S or you know, the uh, 7 and 8CX chips that are made for computers. Uh, so the cores are realigned a little bit. So you don't want to waste stuff that on a phone, you need that core to do this and that core to do, well, let's realign those a little bit and make it to where it makes more sense on a computer. So that's what they did. They announced those back in December. At that same time, we said, hey, we're pretty sure those 7C cores are what is being worked on for Chromebooks. We're, we're quite positive that that's the case. Um, and so all this stuff is kind of aligning. Everyone is going to be pushing towards ARM architecture on laptops. Like mm-hmm. it, that's not going to be a weird thing. But here's the funny thing about all of it. At the end of the day, most consumers are going to take what all the crap I just said and they're going to forget about it in about 30 minutes. And they're going to walk into a Best Buy. They're going to go to Walmart or they're going to go online or to Amazon or whatever. And they're going to go buy a laptop or they're going to go buy a Chromebook. And they're not going to spend a whole lot of time deciding whether or not they want an x86 or an ARM-based Chromebook. No but one cares. They don't. Seriously. They really don't. Like People like us care. Maybe yeah. people like you listening to this podcast yeah, you, you, like you probably hard, care. hardcore gamers care, developers, people that need like they need a GPU and they need they need it to work in tandem with whatever process. Right, people that are going to buy a laptop to, to have go. at home or to send their kid off to school with do not care and probably don't even know what kind of process. They they see Intel and they're like, cool. Oh well, that's ninth gen, so it must be good. Okay, give me that. Yeah, and and that means almost nothing these days. Like nope. If it says tenth gen, it could be anything seven from a core, a core i seven down to a, a, a Pentium Gold, mm-hmm. even lower than that. Lower they that, have like yeah. the N four. What I don't is it the tenth gen four thousand, whatever. Yeah, I think that's tenth gen. But you know, that's a wide range of processors, and so it tells me people don't care that much about getting those details, and they're really not going to care whether it's x eighty six or ARM. No, most people don't care. They're not going to care to know what they are going to care about, though. In the next six months, maybe a year, over the next twelve months, we'll say, if if Windows keeps pushing, you know they're they're already doing the my phone thing, so you, you mirror your Android apps on on uh, the desktop. They obviously are going to keep working better with mobile apps because they've got the Surface Duo out now. They've got two versions of the Surface Pro X out now, which runs completely on Snapdragon eight CX chips. You've got Apple. That clearly going to run iOS and iPad apps on Mac OS because it's an ARM process. It's the same processors they're putting in their phones and their tablets are now in their computers. So now you're not, you're, you're going to create the expectation in the greater market as a whole, because Chromebooks have been doing this. This isn't new, uh, of being able to run those mobile apps on your, on your device. I've even talked to some younger people, um, who use Chromebooks in schools and stuff. And when, when they're told they can't open up that particular app, that they're used to on their phone, on their computer. It's like boggling. Like, I don't understand. What do you mean I can't open that up? Why isn't it here? Why can't I just install it and use it? And it's that's crazy to me because I'm like, you you have no idea of the, the work that it took to get mobile apps over onto, like, and they were a separate thing. And now it's like, it's bizarro. And, 
but it's already becoming and, the expectation. All your settings carrying over and all your normal uh, uh, profile stuff, like yeah. all just working, you know? And, and this is going to be the expectation. It's not. It's no longer going to be, oh, my mobile app sit on my phone over here and my laptop does my laptop stuff. Like Apple is going to begin creating the expectation that that, that iPhone app that I have here, oh, I can open it up over here too. And they don't own a huge percentage of the laptop market. So to say that they'll create a trend that everybody's going to expect isn't true because there's probably things that MacBooks do right now that MacBook love, users love. I don't know about it. I'm not a MacBook user, so I don't, whatever. You know, right. like they, they've maybe been doing for five years that they're not going to create trends in, in the uh, laptop space. MacBooks, other than the way they look maybe, they don't really push trends too much in that right. direction from a software standpoint. Windows does, though. And Windows is always going to be trying to stay in step with what Mac OS offers from a usability standpoint. So if people start saying, hey, why doesn't my Windows app, my, need, uh, my Windows device run those things? Yeah. Well, guess what? I need my apps here. I need my apps here. An, eight, an, an 8CX processor in a Windows device, if they're doing that my Android app thing, they're just one step away from just being able to put Android apps on theirs, too. And I mean, they, they keep integrating more and more with Android. I don't know that they won't eventually just run Android apps. They have multiple Android emulators already. I mean, the, the way why, the, why the, way the companies have been getting along, there's no reason for it. It benefits everyone. Most of all, uh, apart from the user, it benefits the developers. It allows right. oh, them yeah. to have one continuous ecosystem to develop their apps for. And that's why I was just thinking of is that the, what we were talking about, consumers don't care how it works. And we've talked about this from a Como S standpoint for years, no one, most users don't really care what type of app they're using on their Chromebook, whether it's a web app or an Android app or whatever it is. All they care is, is it easy to get? Can I click it and open it? And it works the way it should be. Yep. I don't just care what's stuff. going on in the background. Just and if tomorrow stuff. someone announced a new Chromebook and said, Hey, we've, we've partnered with Apple and we now have a full blown version of final cut running on a Chromebook. No, uh, apart from us, no one cares how that's working. Nope. All they know is they now have a Chromebook and it can run Final Cut. Right. Great. What's it okay. matter? It doesn't Don't matter. Care. It's all about the feature and the benefit, the how and the why and the, all of that make no difference yeah. whatsoever. Right. And so bringing all that back into perspective, the, it's not so much that, oh, this is a cool techie trick that's happening. Um, comes down to expectation like what Gabe was saying like there's a consumer expectation of what this thing is going to be able to deliver and at the end of the day if the expectation becomes greater that mobile apps on desktops are not just expected but demanded um, then Chromebooks need to stay in step with those expectations and the cool part is Chrome OS and ARM chips go way back like this isn't new ground for, for Chrome OS at all like one of the my first the first Chromebook I bought was an arm powered Chromebook. It was the Samsung series three. It was some ratty little, uh, Samsung chip. I think that was in that was thing. Ex Exynos was yeah. sure. And then they did another Exynos in the Chromebook two. And then like Nvidia did a Tegra K one in the Acer Chromebook 13. There's been some rock chip stuff The notably the, the Samsung Chromebook, uh, plus that was OP one. feel like, that yeah, they, they labeled it OP one as a rock chip processor. Uh, it, you know, it, Notably for us, that was one of those like staple devices that kind of helped us get started. Um, and so that was an early ARM chip. Both of the flippy 
uh, Asus's, the flippy. 101's. The flippy uh, Asus. <laughs> the, those are both arm chefs. We the, need more of those. They need to make. They need to make another one. They need to make either take uh, the aesthetic you use in the new the new stuff yeah. and make a ten inch yeah, smaller. Yeah. I mean, you could small put, dude. you could put the Lenovo's processor in that, and it would still be. I have bets that either one of the new MediaTek ones coming out, which we're going to get to this in just a second, um, and like I said just a minute ago, that the SC. <laughs> <laughs> this. Just just a second, just, just, just a, a sec. moment. Just let me see one of the, the, just Let me get to this. Hold <laughs> the on. Snapdragon Seven C chip that we know is coming uh, in some Chromebooks. I think we're tracking like five of them. Um, I have my bets that one of those two, like ASUS, has got to get in on this. Like we're seeing tons of them that you know they're just pretty standard panels and you know convertible Chromebooks. We, we're tracking one that's a tablet, <clears> but um, you know ultimately, what, I feel like one of those has to be the this this the C. What was it? The flip. C100, the 101, so yeah. 102, bring it on. Flip one C102, yeah. let's let's see it. Because it was the first convertible Chromebook, and it was around before Chromebooks had tablet mode, barely had touch support, and Asus was like, screw it, we're making a convertible. There was nothing like that at the yeah. time. And it was a great little Chromebook. I love that little dude. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to see them remake that. Uh, 16 by 10 panel on that thing, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Way ahead of its time. Just yeah. just awesome little dude. We, we should get one of those. Find one. Yeah. And uh, just Dig have it. it. Like, yeah. it's one of those ones I'd like to have around. Yeah. Anywho. <laughs> so, with all of this stuff, like, <laughs> we go back through, and there's more that I, I didn't even mention. Uh, the R13, Acer R13. That yep. was a, one of the first MediaTek chips. That was the first MediaTek Chromebook. Yeah, they led. Was, yeah, they led the way for the kind of the next generation of of ARM devices. Yep. So MediaTek was a thing for a little bit. Now we've got the newer MediaTek mm-hmm. uh, in the most notable ARM powered Chromebook, probably to date, uh, in the the Duet. Uh, people love the Duet, mm-hmm. um, and and I love the Duet, but the Duet is slow, and this is where we're at with Chromebooks and ARM chips. We've always had the leftover pieces uh, with Chromebooks because manufacturers are going, hmm, we have a whole bin of those old chips. What if we put a board on that and we made a Chromebook out of it and we sold it for cheap and it's fast enough, it'll boot and it'll run. That Our, our thing that we have in the window in there that we keep on the oh, analytics yeah. all the time. That's the oldest. 3288. That's what so was in the Flip 100, yes. the original Flip. Super also, That slow. is also what's in a Chrome bit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, Chrome bits. So that's how powerful so see, like, that is. There's ARM stuff around, so it's not like... That's that's the, the advantage Google has here. They're not trying to figure it out. Apple's still, until they've proven themselves, they're still in the trying to figure it out stage. Windows is way in the trying to figure it out stage. It's still kind of a mess. Chromebook's fine. Prime position. Yeah. We're good. You know, Google's over here like, no, no, we're, we're Give fine. Give us the new chips. We were written from the beginning yeah. to run on both of these architectures. Chrome OS is fine on x86 or ARM. Doesn't matter. The benefit is we run apps, Android apps, natively on Chrome OS. So, obviously, ARM chips tend to do better with Android apps. They still do. We'd love to see it get better on x86, but there's still issues. Mm-hmm. Um you know, the, the, it feels like the x86 chips are just forcing their way to, to good performance on Android versus something like the Duet that struggles with, you know, basic web browsing and some of the basic tasks of Chrome OS that Intel chips have no issue with. But then the minute you open up Call of Duty, it's like, wow, this slow chip is actually running this 3D game pretty darn well. And it's interesting to look at stuff like that because 
you've got arm crappy arm chips that are only good at half of the equation. They're they're pretty good at running the Android app stuff, not great at Chrome OS. Well, all you need is just a little more power because we're not talking about like, oh, well, this is a mid-tier current-gen ARM chip. It's not even close to that. It was a mid-tier chip five years ago. Like these are old ARM chips that are very, very underpowered, and they're getting by. But we're eventually going to be in the point in the next six months where we're getting legitimate ARM chips. Now, the 7C that we're tracking that's coming to Chrome OS isn't mind-bogglingly fast. It some, sits somewhere between the... Uh, Pixel 4a, which is not a massive performer, but decent. So it's between the Pixel 4a and the Pixel 4a 5G. So the 730G Snapdragon and the 765G. It's kind of in the middle there. So comparable to maybe a two-year-old flagship top-of-the-line ARM chip. So it's much better than a five-year-old mid-range slash crappy chip. So that's increased. That's good. We don't know what we're going to expect out of the ones uh, because... MediaTek has come out and just said, hey, our new 6 nanometer chip, and they're saying it's the 8195, uh, will be out in Q1. Uh, didn't they? Is that Q1 or first half of 2021? I can't remember. Something. I maybe think first it, half. Maybe I first think. half. But they have Chromebooks. We're tracking a few, uh, and codename Aserata. Yeah. Um, there's a board that came off of it. They started development as the 8192, but 8195 is what MediaTek said in their press release feels like they're probably the same chip because uh, the whole time with the Snapdragons, they're being developed as SC7180. It's the Snapdragon 7C. So they, they have different names behind the scenes. But they're coming is the point. And, and the MediaTek being, it's a six nanometer process, which means, that just means the nodes are closer. And so it means that there's less work for every little process. Every time it makes a, 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 a writes a, a command, it does something, makes an action, it's less work for it to do, which means less power consumption. It means less heat that needs to be dissipated. It means better performance. And so a 6 nanometer MediaTek chip, that's a newer process for them. That means it's going to be some of their newer chips. We're probably going to get a pretty powerful MediaTek chip. And if their past is anything to go by, like that's going to be a really, really impressive set of specs for a Chromebook. It just really is because the, the 8190, yeah, 81. 83 that's right. in the duet right now it's it's fine right you know, it's fine but this is going to be a huge step up from that but the, and that's the thing in, in its defense it, it's not bad i mean my kids use the 10e tablets and for them it's fine and for android apps it's perfect yeah it's, it's great fine. Android apps. but if you look at it compared to the old me because it went from was it four core to eight core or four, four to six, six four to six or yeah i don't know i, I have don't to know. look anyways it jumped in cores and it it went to like a true what you find in a cell phone where you have where you're going to have eight cores. And I think all it is an octa-core. Yeah, now. so it's octa-core. Uh, yeah, because the OP one was hexa-core. Yes, the old MediaTek was quad-core. Yeah, and the performance jump between the old MediaTek and the one we have right now is significant. It is and the old MediaTek's almost unusable. Yeah, I think the jump from the Duet to what we're going to see will be just as significant and now you're talking about massive gains and yeah and and the thing is like we're not talking about chips that are going to compete at this point with the core i5s of the world if you want a chromebook you're doing linux development and you i don't i'm not sure who does what on a chromebook that needs an i5 necessarily but you know we know steam is coming um you know, and and it's under the code name Borealis. Google has officially said it. So we've got the Tiger Lake chips from Intel coming, and the AMD chips with Ryzen processors. Two of them have already been announced mm-hmm. um, that have kind of a built-in GPU, and then Intel's new XE graphics GPU built in, and they're 
very capable on Windows devices of running some pretty sweet games. Mm-hmm. That mixed with Steam locally running in a in a Linux environment, basically a custom Linux environment for it, makes a, a great case for hey, some people are still going to want to go buy a Core i five. Yeah, absolutely. With, with XE graphics or uh, the new AMD Ryzen chips, one hundred percent. Like we're not trying to say that. This arm is going to be the arm, one and only. Yeah, yeah, these ARM chips are coming in. They're just going to wipe the floor with everything. They're not going to be the fastest Chromebooks you can buy. But that goes back to this idea that most people don't, don't care. Yeah. Like, they just want it to be speedy enough. Yeah, it's going to be that massive middle market of mm-hmm. people that go to Best Buy or they need to order something for their kids or they just want a good device that they know is going to... Because as far as social media and watching YouTube and doing your online stuff and playing some Android apps... Yeah. These things are going to, they're going to feel as fast as anything yeah. else you've ever used. Yeah, because most yeah. of what you do on a Chromebook doesn't require right. that, that Core i5. The, the Tiger Lake and all that stuff, I mean, yeah. they're saying the the GPU, the dedic- the integrated GPU on that thing is comparable to some discrete cards. Yeah. So I mean, like, it'll nuts. run stuff like DaVinci Resolve <sighs> video editors and stuff. And that's a huge deal for not just developers now, but for the future of using Final Cut level software on a Chromebook. But that's a very, very small segment of the market. Very small. Yeah. We're talking ARM devices could be the de- device for the mass average consumer. Yeah. I mean, and he, I wanted it to get it to run those couple Android apps. Well, you don't have to worry nearly as much with that versus the Intel stuff that it's just going to work. Yeah. And yeah, Google needs to make it to where it doesn't matter which process you buy, apps work better. But we all know for right now on ARM chips, it's going to work better. Um, and for the long term, where ARM wins over Intel for the general consumer, and this is kind of where the whole article ends up, is that people want speedy performance. They want apps to work well. We've kind of just talked about that stuff. But battery life, mm-hmm. there's just no way for Intel's architecture to match ARM's on battery life. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, Bane <laughs> talking to Batman, you know, like you, you, you adapted this thing. You know, I was born in it. Like arm chips were born. That was so nerdy. Shut up. It, that's a really dope part of that. movie. That was though. so nerdy, <laughs> but it's true. It is true. Yeah. It was, you know, good, like, so, good so reference. Yeah. I can't do super nerdy. I, I can't do Bane's voice. So I'm not even going to attempt it, but yeah, he just says, you know, you merely adapted I'm, the darkness. I'm, <laughs> But I was bold on it. Sounds just like him. Sorry, Tom Hardy. Yeah, that was not you it. Were, you were awesome as Bane. Anyway, so it's the same thing though. Yeah, like ARM chips were just built from the ground up. Like they're mobile. You know, they have to control the thermals. They have to have good battery life. There is no like, oh well, sorry, that one has terrible battery life. Like, no, that doesn't work. So fix it. Don't 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 bring this thing up unless you can do those two things. And so that's why their performance is always lagged behind x86. But they're figuring it out. ARM chips are being shipped already. Like Samsung and Apple are shipping five nanometer processes. Intel struggled to get to ten, um, and they just got there. ARM chips were at ten nanometer processes like two years ago, yeah. And then they were at seven a year ago. And now, right now, they're shipping. They're not working on five nanometer. They're shipping five nanometer processes. So they're so far ahead in that game. They've already figured out like. They've constrained themselves basically to say, hey, we will be um, good at battery, we will be good at thermals, and we'll sacrifice performance. But now their performance is coming up. Well, guess what? They're still good at battery, and they're still good at thermals. So they don't have to worry about that stuff. So guess what that means? A Chromebook can be made, and the inside of it can be 
the the chips and stuff. Look at pick your phone up out of your pocket right now and look at it. Inside there is a big old fat battery, a huge module for your camera. Take all that crap out, pull the screen off. You'll be left with the motherboard that actually has the processor and stuff on it. It's tiny. tiny. It's really, really tiny. Like the stick of gum tiny. Yeah. I mean. Now put that in a Chromebook and all of a sudden that thing has like, it feels like it's moved into a mansion. There's all kinds of room in here, which means you can just fill the rest of it up with as much battery as you'd like. So if you want to go ridiculous on battery and make a, I don't know, a three pound Chromebook, which is still very light, then you can have 24 hours of battery life if you want. You know, you got room for some LTE bits and pieces. And then you don't have to deal with fans. You don't have to deal with all the space in here to put copper in to make sure it's cooling properly. And you don't have to deal with all that stuff with ARM. So that brings cost down. It brings, you know, the you don't have to have as much R&D to figure yeah, out how you're going to build yeah. the inside of this. So like, we got to hire people to figure gotta all this stuff all out. This and we're going to make it fit. Yeah. You don't have to do that anymore. Like, there's so many benefits that come with this from a consumer standpoint that... From the outside, you're looking at it going, wow, that's thin and that's super light. And good God, the battery's long. And I don't have fan ports and it's super silent and it still runs fast and smooth. And it gets all the apps I get. Like, those are all benefits. That, that, and you don't have to go underneath of it and go, well, how did they do this? Because no consumer is going to do that. They're just going to be like, oh, cool. Super thin, yeah. super light, super long on battery. Doesn't burn my legs off. And it runs nice and fast and runs all the stuff I want. And so at the end of the day, that's why ARM is going to be very important for Chromebooks moving forward. And I feel like they've just been piddling with it. Mm-hmm. Like, just like, eh, let's try this. Let's try around. this. It's <laughs> here. You know, yeah. it works. Okay, it's good. And it feels like that shift is happening. And it's happening at the same time for other companies, too. Like, the the entire ecosystem of laptops in general is getting ready to embrace ARM architecture. And it's happening way sooner than I thought it would. Um I've always thought I've always wished Chrome OS would just go ahead and do it since it's already built and works. But again, you, you've got to think about the general consumer. If they don't know what ARM chips are at all, never heard of it, and don't know anything about it, when they pick up a Chromebook, well, where's why didn't this one have an Intel sticker on it? Is this is this somehow uh, a, a crappy version of a Chromebook because it doesn't have an Intel sticker? As we start getting out of those mindsets and people start getting into the mindsets that oh, you know, the chip inside anymore isn't that important you know it's about your apps it's about your content is it fast is it light does it you know dissipate heat well you know all that kind of stuff like those are the things that ultimately people really care about and we didn't even mention connectivity obviously again arm chips were built with connectivity in mind you know like they just integrate with lte basically across the board like everybody that builds an arm chip and slap out lte stuff in there you know it's just integrated into it well, that makes it nice for Chromebooks. They want to be connected. LTE is much easier to integrate and isn't an extra chip and piece and all that kind of stuff for ARM-based systems like it would be with an x86-based system. So there are a ton of pros. And again, I want to reiterate, we're, no one's saying that ARM is going to come and completely remove x86 from the equation. But it's getting ready to displace some of it. 100%. That's just going to happen. And it's going to happen by nature of MacBooks. Yeah. I mean, the Mac switch in the next five years, well, yeah. that, that is going to push ARM into a different sector that it hadn't been before. And Poor Intel. What are they going to do? <laughs> They've just been raking in cash for so long. Yeah. I mean, they're going to have to change. <laughs> their structure is going to have to change. Man, and they make so much money off their server process, their chips. It doesn't but see, matter. There's tons of server farms for the, all the same reasons we just said, trying to move their whole things over to ARM-based processors because of everything we just said. 
guess what? These server farms are paying electric bills that I'm sure are would probably blow your mind if you saw the electric bill. Well, what if what if they said, oh, you replace all these with arm power chips? You don't lose any performance, and your electric bill will be cut by half. Oh, if not and, more. Yeah, probably more because <laughs> it's not just running yeah. the servers; it's right. also running the fans that have right. glow on the servers. Right. That all of that comes down, like all of that removes the space that you save. Like it, it arm is just the. I, I do feel like long term, much longer than just the next year. Arm is the way of the future from a, uh, a processing, processing yeah. standpoint. And we didn't even get into all the stuff about the fact that arm is so much more flexible. We'll, we'll like, save that for another yeah. podcast, right? I mean, but. <laughs> But it is. I mean, yeah. it's insanely more He's flexible. He's not saving it. He's going to tell you. So you just, just sit there and you sit there shut listen. up. And I think we did a we did a, a post about this. Um, it's even why like we get to see more stuff about what's happening with ARM Chromebook development than we yeah. do with Intel. Mm-hmm. Intel says, here's our chip. Do this, this is what it does. ARM allows developers to be like, hey, I want to use that core to do this thing. And like, it's so much more flexible, too. So, I mean, I I do think ARM is the future. I really do. Um but also, I'm not saying that x86 is going anywhere anytime soon, and I'm not saying that uh, this is going to be, be an a evolution. quick transition. Yeah, it'll yeah. be an evolution. You know, it'll be. I I, I agree with you though. I think um, as much as MacBooks don't uh, have market share, they have like mind share. They have like, clout. People think that there's more MacBooks out in the world than there are because of the clout, right? And so. Right. If they're doing it, like even if people don't understand exactly the technology, like it'll push other companies, other manufacturers to. It's going to remove a lot of Intel mindshare, right? So people right. instead of like, well, is it a Core i five? It's well, it's not Intel. It Doesn't matter. Oh, this well, is something else. This oh, is better. You can do something else. Yeah, you know, right. Yeah. Now it helps that Apple can say, "This is our chip. Yeah, we of built it." Yeah. Oh well, fine. If you built it, it's perfect. This is the A sixteen <laughs> Bionic X XDR yeah. Super. Mini. I do feel like super in, duper festo. Super to, mini take a serious u-turn though it's not going to be like they're chasing you know the next nanometer process and they're behind amd they're both way behind arm but now they've done this whole uh, chip stacking thing which is kind of a cool concept Uh, it just puts small cores inside of little cores that way the small cores can be used when the big cores aren't needed so that inherently solves some of the power issues but it still feels like it's kind of a band-aid it's on a, a bolt. Bolo. It's a bolted it's on a, solution. Yeah, exactly. Eventually, that process is going to get refined to the point that it's no longer going to be competitive. You, they won't be able to continue to evolve it to keep up with what ARM is doing. I, I, I don't understand why Intel is so married to x86. It's not technically their technology to begin with. Why? And what's funny, wouldn't you think it is? Like, yeah, right. In your brain, it yep. is. Like, that. it's theirs. They're like, so married to it's it. It's not. Yeah. No, it is an architecture. It's no different than ARM at, you know. Matter of fact, AMD was the first. AMD pioneered x86, yeah. And it's like Qualcomm doesn't own the ARM architecture. No. It's ARM. It's an architecture. It's a, it's a design technology. And why in the world? I understand it means ripping the guts out, but... Why, and maybe they are, but why not at least start pursuing something different than what you've been doing? Because obviously, three years of delays on 10, 10 nanometers? Yeah. At least? Yeah. And you're just now getting to it. And hey, Tiger Lake's going to be great. XE graphics are going to be awesome. But it's also going to be crazy power hungry. And then what's next after that? Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Might be time for a change, Intel. Yeah. Like I said, I don't know. They've... They've been uh, they've been raking it in for so long that I'm sure they'll figure out something. They'll figure out something. 
so we uh remember when we were sitting down to <laughs> oh i remember you saying this i didn't even say anything because i was just like yeah you you have no idea yeah you have robbie, no idea all the just, things that just, are in my brain we just right let now. robbie loose on arm which i'm glad i mean that's yeah I, I you just published your article this morning, so I actually hadn't hadn't read it yet. So it was actually interesting, even just for me to hear some of this. So we didn't get to the search on stuff, but talk about your whistle feature at least. Let's talk about oh, that yeah. and then wrap yeah, this so, up. Yeah. <laughs> so the search on thing happened yesterday. You can go to the keyword and see all our stuff. We we kind of covered down on most of it. Um, one of the cooler things, AR is coming for uh, like you know AR and search. You get like bugs and animals and stuff like car manufacturers are going to start doing yes, this so i they, am excited i'm, I'm going to take my time writing this one because i have so much to say about it. and it's a, a lot of people are going to think it's a stupid little feature but it'll be the future. i think it's a huge deal and there's a lot of reasons for that not just because of the car business the way that it was or is but because you have the car business being changed by stuff like carvana and what's or, the vroom vroom yeah, even even tesla i mean yeah, the way that they just sell the, cars the is, way you sell cars and products in general has changed so much even pre pandemic, but even mm-hmm. more so mm-hmm. now this is a big deal. And it answers a lot of questions that a lot of consumers have that a lot of car salesmen don't have the answers to, or they aren't willing to give the answers to. And I may be honest as someone who was a car salesman going to a car let to buy a car creates anxiety in me. Right. Because I know the tactics, I know the techniques, and I know what they're trying to do. And I understand at the end of the day, if they don't sell cars, they don't make money. But I know what this I want. Is, this is this is going to be complete transparency this, now. Yes, this was. <laughs> and, yeah. and to be able to casually ask questions and look at a vehicle in your own time, in your own atmosphere, in your without driveway. having hot commission <laughs> breath on your neck. While you're trying to figure out what the dashboard's made out of. Yeah, exactly. So What is and, that? What is that? You have a sausage biscuit yeah. for breakfast? <laughs> hey, back up, bacon yeah, boy. Exactly. But yeah, yeah. so they John show- Connie you've been drinking? <laughs> Black. So they show they show Gross. The Volvo. Uh it's a dropping a car. It's a new is it, is it, I don't even know if it's fully electric. It's called recharge. It's the one they had in front of the Google booth last I think year. It's, I think so it's it electric. electric. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's not even out yet, but they had, they were using it as the display one. And so like they're showing you like being able to pull it up in search and, you know, use your AR, drop it in AR, see it in your driveway. <gasps> Walk then, around. Is it working? See the inside. It finally what AR stopped working on my one plus seven at some point and it never worked on my eight, 5g that i got from t-mobile it is now Are you working getting the car no oh. no that's coming soon yeah I was gonna but say like the good. animals and stuff so yeah. i just thought i'd flip it up and look and there's an alligator sitting beside robbie right now <laughs> yeah. if you've never messed with this it's seriously uh, yeah. we've got a couple articles just uh go to chrome Unboxed and search ar um you'll you'll see some of the stuff and i've got lists compiled of things you can search for if you use the google app specifically uh it works if you use chrome it usually works sometimes the search results are a little different but um, you can search for stuff and then it'll say view this in your space and you click it and just the Google app has AR built into it and you yeah. can see stuff, walk around it, move around it in 3D and move and, close and away and, and it's and so cool. tap to see. So like stuff, if, 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 if for a car, for instance, you could tap the yeah. interior and see like what options you have. Yeah, but just being able to drop it in your driveway, in your garage. When it shows like them in, it. like they're getting in and looking around yeah. the interior yeah. of it in yeah. AR, like full size and like... <laughs> Wild. Yeah, that's yeah. super cool. Yeah. And then the other cool thing that, that got me excited stuff. was 
So if, if you've never used Live View, I think it's called, in Maps. Live View, yes. Um, so you, you can be walking around the streets of a city, and if you're getting directions via walking, there's an option, Live View. You click it, and it does it uses AR, and but it also mixes in the ability of Street View. They've got so right. much data from Street View. So it mixes AR and then says, oh, based on Street View, we know that that building that looks like that should be over there. And so it gets you aligned very quickly. Like it doesn't take so much time with your gyro and all that stuff to figure out what which way are you pointing or whatever is my dot it uses your camera yeah because if you ever use the old method of just walking with google maps sometimes you're like there's no way to if you're in a city you've never been in before even if you've been you're in new york yeah you you're in new york where we've been plenty of times and you're like okay this arrow's pointing in that direction but what direction is that direction right it's like it's like it's like that meme going around it's like hey the guy told me to head north at like Left or right at the Chick Fil A, okay. Right. That's what I needed to know. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly true. And and the the new AR thing does work well because it uses photo recognition of buildings, your camera, and all that stuff. Yeah. And so if you never used it, go walk somewhere and try it. It's really fun. You get an AR big like balloon looking arrows, yeah. and then you Telling literally you walk, walk up underneath them. You look, you can look up with your phone and look. Oh, and it's right it. here. Yeah. Oh, cool. I need to go that way. Um, now they're adding some basic business info right on the business door. So, I mean, as you're looking around, you can be, you know, just kind of scanning with your phone and, and you'll be able to see like on that door, there's a, a dot and it tells you the business name and you touch it and it tells you the hours and how expensive it is and the reviews and the basic stuff you would want to know really quickly just walking by. And it's just one of those things. I think next time we travel, for instance, it will be really awesome. Uh, once this rolls out, if you're walking down a place that's packed and you're just looking for something to eat or whatever and, to be able to just glance up and look and not have to stop and pull up Google Maps and now am Search I here or am I yeah. at that next what well, I'm my dot keeps moving around. I don't know which block we're on. Like like to be able to just look at it in real time and touch and go, Yeah, that, that coffee shop looks great or whatever, you know. That, yeah, it's cool. that looks cool. But nothing was as cool as the fact that now Google Assistant can understand your whistles uh, and hums. But mostly <laughs> Robbie, whistles. Robbie Robbie whistles. So much. He subconsciously whistles. You'll be walking around whistling, and I'll be like, what is that? You'll be like, what? You didn't even know (laughs) Uh, you were whistling. It's just a thing. I just do it. It's a a nervous habit, maybe. I don't know. Not not really. It's, I just have, there's always music going on in my head, and that's the way I get it out. I don't hum. Um, And so, like so much so, my kids whistle now a lot. And I'm like, wait, and they're not good whistling yet, good at whistling yet. And so I'm just like, what are you just making sounds? But, they hear me whistling. So that's just what kids do. So, um, there have been, I think Soundhound would let you hum tunes maybe, mm-hmm. uh, before, but none of them ever picked up whistling. Like whistling just never worked. And I hated that because I could recreate some stuff pretty quickly whistling. And so if you would, you know, hear a song or whatever, you know, and I had it in my head, I, was, I always wished I could just whistle and it would pick it up. And now it, does and, and it works yeah really so well. i picked it up honestly not expecting it to maybe 50 50 something like that other than one very obscure song that's got a not a well-defined melody it's just kind of an ethereal type song that one didn't pick up but two more songs i did by the same artist i think i think it's made on or m i don't know how to pronounce it's m-a-d-e-o-n but all one word not maybe on maddie and i don't Madian, know maybe we should look it up um Maybe I'll ask Google how to say it. Yeah. Um, I can't ask it. I can't ask because I don't know how to say it. 
What yeah. am I supposed to say? How do I pronounce this thing? I don't know how to pronounce. It's anyway. similar. To, it's similar to that one uh, artist we've been listening to, Kupla. And every time I ask Google to pay, oh, play Kupla, it, no it plays Coldplay or something, or it, it'll just pick some random artist and play it. I'm like that's not what I wanted, but okay. Uh, oh look, he put on Twitter yearly reminder how to pronounce my name. Made Medion. Medion. Okay. Medion. Yeah. Well, he didn't put any accents on there, though. That I doesn't like it. help me, guy. Uh, Medion. Inflection on, on the M-A. Madion. 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 There we go. Madion. Madion. <laughs> I wonder if it's M-A. Is M-A Ma or May? I don't, I don't know. know. You think he put M-A-Y. Yeah. Anyway. Madion. That sounds weird. But he makes cool music. M-A-D-E-O-N. I like calling him Madon. <laughs> made on you know a date it's like a born on date but anyway uh he was able to pick some of that stuff up some pop music you know and literally just asking google what's this song and once it starts listening instead of having to go find speakers or whatever just whistle the tune in and boom assuming you can you know are a good enough whistle that you whistle tunes um and and can hit pitches like it, it just picked them up one after another like i showed my kids last night i'm like this is amazing nobody else is as excited about this as i am but I am super excited about this. I, I was I like, so oh yeah, that's fun. cool, but I can't whistle. And I can't even really that's hum exactly that exactly well. what my wife said. She's like, well, what about people who can't whistle? I'm like, I'm not excited for other people. I'm excited about this one for me. Specifically, Robbie like, was on the phone and like, she called. It was like five o'clock yesterday. When oh, and they the started making best. fun of me. And, and, and Robbie's like, all excited. Tell her it gave it. I can kind of hear it. I can hear <laughs> and her. She was like, she gave a pause. She yeah, gave she like the even, complimentary pause. It was like, Oh, okay. And then I don't know what she said, <laughs> but my like impression that. of her was, yeah. okay, so what were you wanting for yeah. dinner? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. exactly what it was. <laughs> Is it what she said? Uh, yes. It was something like that. <laughs> Robbie's like, so you can whistle it out and it, it does this and it does this. And she was like, uh-huh, so dinner wow. tonight. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so uh, I got to go pick up the kids. And uh, I do uh, think she said, like, that was really oh, nerdy cool. or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm like, sure. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but uh, you're, yeah, your wife is such a realist. It's like, well, what about the people that can't whistle? Yeah. Because she can't. Well, like, I mean, I she could kind of whistle, but like to I mean, whistle guys, a tune. You like, guys know me. Like, I can't, really? even, I can't even hit, like, the right key. She can sing, but, like, she just, yeah. if you don't whistle a lot, though, yeah. like, you don't have the muscle memory to be able to. I can to hit pitch and I actually can barely, like we spent so many time so much time trying to learn how to whistle when we were kids. I feel it feels weird to me that people don't whistle. Like yeah. don't. I think whistling though is is part skill, but it also is um, it's the same as I think it ties into like singing. singing and stuff yeah. like it's being hearing, able to hear quickly hear right. Well, yeah, hear, I mean, hear key you, like if you I can't, can't match pitch. Then yeah, I can't. I can't. Like you all know, like I, if I if I try to sing a song to you that I heard on the radio, it'll be off, like way off, wrong key and everything. Yeah, but so, if I'm so this I'm, doesn't help if, Joe at if all. If I'm singing along to something, I can sing along with it. I can harmonize. Yeah, with but once it, it's but not present, right, like, I can't do it. So yeah, that's a that's it's a cool feature still, but I, it's not not yeah, super for cool. Me. Now, <laughs> in, when Google was showing it off, like the people that were humming, I couldn't understand the heck mm-hmm. what the heck they were humming. Yeah, it was just like mm-hmm. so. Uh, it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see how well it does with even poor attempts at humming. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how it could do other than maybe rhythmically if people, I, I don't know. Yeah. If you're not giving it proper info, I don't know how it could possibly, if you hum something to me and I can't decipher it, it Google it's magic. not like, yeah. Google magic is how it Google works. Said, yeah, it's some wizardry. Wizard, wizard magic. Black magic. That's <laughs> what happens. So, 
Yeah. So there you go. Robbie's excited about whistling. I am. I'm always. And, you, <laughs> always. and they, they were both like, oh, great. Yeah. So you're going to be whistling all the time. I'm like, all the time. How is that any different yeah. than every other day? True. And it was it's a true. great point. Not, not, <laughs> it's a great it's point. not different. That's it's how not it is. not different at all. <laughs> well, folks, that's it for today. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, hope that you enjoyed today's episode. We're going to link everything like normal. As always, we appreciate you all very much. And uh, we'll catch you next week. See you. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes over at chromeunbox.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, make sure to check out our website, chromeunboxed.com, and follow us on social media by searching for at Chrome Unboxed. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.